Chris Gowser here with Matt Howell. And this week on The First Run, we deserve a relaxing trip in the countryside, right? So we take a, a trip to a quiet manor in the Polish countryside where everything is normal and nothing is out of place whatsoever with the zone of interest. Then we go for a dip as we follow the story of celebrated marathon swimmer Diana Nyad and her quest to be the first person to swim from Cuba to Florida in the aptly named Nyad. As always, we have the big releases on physical media, our straight-to-DVD and streaming picks of the week. Then we finally start wrapping up 2023 with our 6-10 to 10 picks for the best films of the year. So let's get into it and do our best to ignore the neighbors with The Zone of Interest. <laughs> Matt, German is such a beautiful language, really. It just <laughs> it's almost have aromatics. It's it's poetry, really. It's soothing, helps me sleep at night. Sure, sure. So uh Matt, what is uh, the zone of interest all about? Well, <clears throat> despite my uh, self-defense uh, tongue-in-cheek intro there, The Zone of Interest is a very serious film about the commander of Auschwitz is moves in literally next door to the camp, and it's really focused on his wife and children and him trying to maintain a normal family life while well-documented things that are happening in Auschwitz are happening next door. And it's really kind of this whole undercurrent of the quiet sinister while you try and live a normal life man i don't i don't even know if i have a question for you i i'm watching this film in a pack theater yeah and which is is, is good i think oscar buzz has helped this film because i don't i haven't seen a lot of marketing I for this either. thing no. much at all no and uh, Jonathan Glazier, who uh, directed, he did Sexy Beast, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic film. If you haven't seen it, I confess I have not seen Birth. Mm-hmm. We're both fans of Under the Skin. Yep. His kind of whacked out sci-fi uh, horror master, not a masterpiece, but just a great little sci-fi film. Challenging, yeah. but rewarding and disturbing. And now he's here with the Zone of Interest. And I don't, just Matt, break it. What are your thoughts? I it, This film just had me floored half the time i think we have our best sound mm-hmm. winner mm-hmm. easily because it's so important and integral to the film yeah uh but it was just a really disturbing unsettling must watch experience for me what did you think yeah so i mean well first let me start off i just want to say something to my esteemed co-host here this movie almost got me to quit the show completely um the reason for that is Chris announced that it was playing in his area, so that's what we're going to be doing. It's not playing in my area until March. I had to drive all the way to fucking Milford, which is an hour away, to go see this movie. Because I, like a dumbass, didn't actually check to see if it was playing in here until it was way too late to do anything about it. So I'm sorry about that. Not that that's on me, but still, that sucks for you. Two hours. Two hours drive time, there and back. Plus, so my entire Sunday was spent on this. Now... It's fortunate for this movie that this is an excellent movie, but I was still an unhappy camper as I was getting ready to go down and see this film. But I should have gotten you a gas card for Christmas instead of an AMC yeah, gift exactly, card. Exactly, yeah. Hopefully you bought yourself an alcoholic beverage to sit to watch, but uh, yeah. wow, sorry about that. No, it's all right. Um, in any event, this is one of those capital I important films, I think, especially in the times that we're living in now. You know, the entire idea of how can someone go along with something so evil and it just really kind of undercuts the thing that you're kind of 
rely on people that you trust and authority, whether that's your parents or the government to say that something is, is or isn't okay. And if they say it's okay, then you're just going to go along with it because why would this person lie to you? Why would this organization lie to you? Because obviously they're the ones that are deeming rights and wrong for you, whether your parents as a child or, you know, the government and the laws of the land as an adult. And it really just kind of under lines the whole idea of the banality of evil right these people are just going along their everyday lives you know trying on dresses or having picnics and you know you can hear the sounds of trains and gunshots and you know uh crowds of people screaming so it's it's it really just is one of those things where it's like most holocaust and movies where like you understand that this is an excellent film but it's not something that you necessarily enjoy experiencing but i think it's something that you have to to see yeah absolutely it's some harrowing stuff i mean the background sounds of the camp as they go on with a day-to-day minutia of their lives when they're reviewing the confiscated clothing to see mm-hmm. if they can find something that fits trying on the fur coats Looking through, you know, oh, interesting. Oh, a nice piece of jewelry here in the pocket. I'm going to squirrel that away. Right. You know, uh, just the vile callousness as they go through all of that stuff, looking for the keepsakes and things they can find, talking about how, oh, this one woman loved this dress so much she didn't fit in it, but she was so obsessed with it. She's like, I had to have it because it was such a beautiful dress. You know, a, a dress stolen from somebody who was sent on a train and eventually executed in the camp. And it's just, uh Sandra Uller, who we saw earlier this year, too, uh, in uh, Anatomy of a Fall, plays uh, Ross's uh, wife. So the story focuses on Rudolf Haas. It's not Ra- Ross, excuse me, Haas. Rudolf Haas and his family, his wife, Hedwig, played by Uller, and then their kids, and then kind of the people who maybe live in the village and outside of Auschwitz who do the work around the house, mm-hmm. you know, they're the shining and cleaning of the boots, the the mopping of the floors, the laundry, all this stuff. And it's, there isn't a, like a definitive arc of the film, Mm -hmm. right? There's no open, there's no, you know, beginning, middle, end of some kind of uh, uh, event that the family has to deal with. No, we're just presented with the everyday kind of uh, uh, notions and machinations of them living their lives, being surrounded by and encompassing and participating, leading this horrible event in our history. And there's a point where... uh, where Haas gets sent off to another area and, and his wife is so focused. She doesn't want to leave this beautiful house. Mm-hmm. She's raising her family. She wants her kids to stay there. She does not want to go to the city. They finally have Matt, Matt, the house in the countryside that they've always wanted. That happens to be next door to the probably most notorious uh, uh, camp in the history of world war two. And it's just, there's a scene, Matt, when Haas gets his, promotion slash return to the camp mm-hmm. it's even known as operation os yeah it's named after him right and he's working in his office and then it's the end of the night and it's dark and he's walking through the halls and he has this dry retching he's he's you know he's attempting to throw up but he can't right and and i'm interpreting that basically as maybe the last shred of any humanity is violently leaving his body Mm -hmm. at this point, right? With the acts he's now going to do. And not that he had a, he had any conscious about consciousness about it or conscious about it Mm -hmm. more, just any internal soul that may have perhaps still existed in this man is now vacating his corporal form. And it is just, it is an experience. Uh, Glazier opens the film with this long black, screen where it's there's, there's nothing mm-hmm. and then music kind of kick mika levy's score comes in and it's kind of mimicking the machinations and the machines and the suffering that we're about to be that's going to be happening in the background basically of this entire film and when we finally fade out of the black we're presented with the family having this lovely picnic by the river and the film is just punctuated by all these achingly fantastic scenes him fishing in the river mm-hmm. and what happens then yeah. uh her uh Haas's Hedwig Haas's mother visits mm-hmm. the family and has her own reaction to everything that's happening. And it is just a it's a horrifying film, but like you said though, that I think just everybody should see. It's 
it's disturbing, but it will leave an impact on you. Absolutely. And it's just as a reminder that this shit happens. I remember reading once, I'm probably screwing this up, that um, they tried to do some, you may know better than me, they tried to do some kind of psychological study of the German people mm-hmm. after World War II. Because mm-hmm. clearly there was something wrong with them, like genetically, psychologically, to allow them to do, participate, and allow this to happen. Right. And afterwards, they didn't want to publish or do anything about it because now there's... Yeah. That's just people. Right. And people can do these things. Yeah. And so anyway, the film ends with him basically. I know it's a bit of a spoiler, but it's not like you can't read and find out about all the stuff that happened. He gets sent back to Auschwitz to basically exterminate uh, 430,000 Hungarian Jews. They're being transported to the camp. He was the one uh, responsible for uh, the implementation of the gassing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and at one point they didn't have enough, they had the gas chambers, there weren't enough there. So they did these mass shootings and then, uh, would then they would execute them, drop in these pits and then light them all on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they had fire pits all around certain surrounding areas and it just, it was really just horrible, horrible stuff. And then when you're watching just the day to day, Matt, like we said, the day to day minutiae of these people, these kids, all these, this family going through their lives and it's just. It's heartbreaking, and you can't take your eyes off it, Matt. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. It's really incredible filmmaking for me. Yeah, well, I mean the the hard part is is that for me, I mean, the kind of people who need to see this are not going to like put two and two together. They're not going to see like you know any kind of parallels or anything like that. But mm. I will say this for the German people. They don't shy away from their history. They acknowledge it, and yeah. they they will confront it full on, which is way better than pretty much any other country. And and you know, at least uh, as far as I can tell, is from what I know of uh, you know American and other European history, they are not inclined to acknowledge their own atrocities or, or atrocities, atrocities. So uh, I, I give them credit for that. I, I guess I hope I hope this thing gets legs. I hope people watch it. I don't know if it will. You know, I. Like you said, I haven't seen a lot of, you know, um, uh, advertising for this, no marketing, but which is, again, seems weird to market a film like this. But at the same time, you know, people need to go out and see it. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it's, I read too, and it may even be on Twitter, about how the people here in, the, in this country who seem to have really struggled with this kind of stuff, or at least the stuff that we did here in the States, particularly mm. with uh, Native Americans, um, it's people who are so intrinsically bound on the myth of America, mm-hmm. right? And how important it is to them and not the reality of the country and what we've done to establish the nation that we have now. The dealing with this, this stuff with slavery, with the Native all that stuff. They're so focused on the grandest, grand myth of the country right. that they can't, let themselves get to the part, you know, that point of just realizing, acknowledging everything that had happened prior to today. Matt, I'm giving uh, a zone of interest an A. I don't think there's any other way around it. I, 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 I yeah, I don't know if I should be giving her an A plus. It's just so deeply disturbing. I, it's weird for. I feel like giving her an A plus is a weird thing to do, but it is an A from for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it an A. I don't give out A pluses, but so A is as high as I go. It's it's definitely an, an A film. Yeah, I think you're right about that. A plus it has to be, I guess, some kind of what genre changing or yeah. And the weird thing changing, is, like, I, I, don't know. I feel weird to give out A pluses because I feel like either I'm giving it in the moment because I was so excited about it, and maybe my my stance on it will change. I feel like I got to like sit with it and really see how it affects, you know, how it how it comes into like the artistic culture. That's to give out an A plus film, you know. Yeah, that makes sense to me. You want to sit a little longer with something, really. What it, not just the culture, uh, but yourself, perhaps as well. True. Uh, I'm glad you didn't have to go to Boston or New York. Yeah, me least. too. So me that's too. Good. <laughs> I can only imagine that discussion. Yeah, I got to go watch a Holocaust movie, but it's only playing in Boston, so I'll be back, you know, around ten o'clock tonight. <laughs> so, sort of interest may be playing around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts if you had a chance to see it. Just an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Ooh, Mika Levy, man, too. I, I love her score in this thing. Um, I, I wanted to, I wrote this down. I, I forgot to mention it. It's kind of this mix of industrial with this kind of classic 70s horror sound to it. Mix a little hammer with a little Italian giallo type stuff. I think that's with some heavy, I guess, because she wants to get the 
the soundscape of the uh, the machinations, the machinery of all of that across as well. And it's a lot, of, and it's really another triumph for uh, for her as well. Uh, zone of interest. Let us know your thoughts, Matt. Let's talk about what's coming up on physical media this upcoming Tuesday. Not, uh, not, not much, not much, not much at all. What the hell is that, you ask? I don't know. It is our uh, number five, though. Number five? That is from Scream Factory being released called Funeral Home Man. It's a horror film from 1981. I guess it was a bit of a cult following, so I thought I'd mention it. It includes a new audio commentary with a couple film historians, a new isolated score, and uh, interview with music historian Douglas Fake, and new audio interviews to some of the actors and people involved with the making of the film. It's about a young woman who arrives at her grandmother's house which used to be a funeral home, to help her turn the place into a bed and breakfast. After they open it up, though, however, Matt, guests begin disappearing and turning up dead. So that's that's that. Kino Lorber is putting out Burnt Offerings, the horror film from featuring Karen Black and Oliver Reed. When a film, we were in a country mansion at a bargain price. They believe, Matt, they're in for an uneventful summer. <laughs> Little they realize they've just moved into a house of horrors. It includes an audio commentary with film historian Richard Harlan Smith. Interview with actors Anthony James, one with Lee Montgomery, uh, and in more, I guess. Now, here's one I'm interested in. Get three coffins ready. Uh-huh. Huh? Movie's putting out Lars Van Trier's The Kingdom. Now, this is a TV show he did for, uh, where is he from? Denmark? He's a Dane, mm-hmm. right? Right. And, and it's uh, his cult classic series, a st- story about a hospital map built on the top of a old bleaching pond in Copenhagen where evil has taken root and medical science faces daily struggle with itself. With the Swedes curse the Danes and the mysterious and inexplicable blend together in a mixture of horror and humor. Includes the original series The Kingdom 1 and Kingdom 2, as well as uh, the long way to follow-up series The Kingdom Exodus. It gets selected uh, episode commentary featuring Von Trier, a documentary on the making of it, uh, and a 28-page booklet and more. Matt, you know it's the 20th anniversary today, the day we're recording this? Of the original release of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Oh, really? On Channel Four and the BBC. Very nice. Yeah. Have you have you been able to to, to secure yourself a, a an audio copy of his of his books at this point? I did. I do. I did buy an audio copy a while ago. I have listened to like the first couple chapters, and then I've gotten derailed, and I haven't gone back to it. But I really enjoyed what I did here so far. Well, he released a second uh, in October, so. Uh... But I guess for whatever reason you can't get the audiobook. The last time I checked, I was trying to get it for you for Christmas, but you couldn't get it in the U.S. right now. What? Yeah, bastards. Mm-hmm. That's not cool. The two Utes. To what? What was that word? Keanu Lover is putting out the Thomas Crown Affair. This is the OG from 1968, featuring Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway. Uh, brand new 4K restoration of that. A new interview with the director, Norm Jewison, and uh, so audio, old audio, audio commentaries and more for that. And then finally, there can be only one. Criterion is putting out a 4K of McCabe and Miss Miller. This uh, includes audio commentary from 2002 featuring Robert uh, Altman, the director, as well as the producer, David Foster. This is a uh, Warren Beatty and, uh, oh crap, who's in that with him? Is it Faye Dunaway again or is it? I'm blanking on it. Anyway, McCabe and Mrs. Miller being released by Criterion in a 4K this upcoming Tuesday. Matt, uh, you're straight to DVD pick of the week. Scream of the Blind Dead. Now, this isn't a gag. This one actually I'm kind of interested in. From director Chris Alexander comes Scream of the Blind Dead, a surreal experimental horror head trip inspired by the iconic Spanish Blind Dead films created by director Armando Diasario, taking the first half hour of 1971's Tombs of the Blind Dead 
and blurring it into a psychosexual fever dream. The film follows the journey of Virginia, who wanders a deserted, haunted landscape, Matt, and accidentally wakes up the ghost of an ancient, bloodthirsty, blind female knight. As the wraith relentlessly pursues her prey, the truth about Virginia's dark past is revealed. Now, I love the Blind Dead films, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm kind of interested to see uh, what comes of this. Matt, what should we be streaming this week? Well, f- available for streaming on Paramount Plus is the latest in the, I think one of the best action franchises of the last 20 years i would say is uh, tom cruise and dead reckoning is available for your streaming pleasure if you're one of the people who have paramount plus yeah are they supposed to be potentially merging with somebody i heard that too they were rumors. a blank to see who it was but I, you're right maybe it, apple was gonna buy them maybe i don't know yeah i'm i'm starting to wonder now since walmart Still has some physical media. Best Buy, I think I was in my local Best Buy last week, Matt, and they had probably 10, mm-hmm. 15 movies at the most. Yeah. And mostly they're just carrying new stuff. Yeah. And there's so much, so few smaller, the, the big chains really are just exiting the market. You have your smaller, your stores, your Viper videos, your Greenhouse, your Diabolics, uh, your uh, Orbit in um, Asheville. But I've been sitting on... Mission Impossible and Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny, and there's one other. I'm blanking on what it is. Oh, Prey. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I want them to get down to that $15 price tag. And now I'm wondering, given the lack of options, yeah, is that going to happen anymore? Usually about two months out, three months out, you'll start to see price drops. Yeah. You are, but they're dropping from $39.99 to $28. You know, ninety nine or twenty four ninety nine, yeah. and I really want that fifteen dollar magic number for four Ks. What do you think? Yeah, so you will, you will see that, but it may, it's going to take a lot longer. Like you know, a quarter, you know, three months, six months. That's not enough time. What you're going to see is they'll probably hover around, like you said, twenty to twenty five dollars. That's what they'll probably drop to, and that'll be their normal price. And then at some point, they're either you know just getting rid of it, or you know a year to maybe two years later, they'll drop down to like, you know, 15, 10, you know, and then, and lower. And then that'll be it. And then like, you won't be able to get it anywhere until they decide to reissue it on some other, you know, format or, or some kind of limited edition for nerds like you to buy. I won't even say us. I'll say like you. to buy. <laughs> I've seen too lately. They've been dropping the Blu-rays out of the 4k mm-hmm, sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and they just now have 4k's in, in digital code. And the latest rumor I heard is they're going to drop digital codes as well. So um, that's, that's, that might that be a would deal breaker. That's, really upset. That would me. be really, that would be problematic for me because I, I I like having the digital code. Yeah. So that would yeah that's that'd be a step too far. I don't mind dropping the blue. Yeah. I'm never watching it. Yeah, me neither. It's just sitting in my case. Yeah. So, but those digital codes, I love my digital copies for throwing them on my iPad if I'm going, you know, if I'm traveling, mm-hmm. for whatever the case may be. But uh, yeah, that would that would stink. All right. Matt, let's keep going then. Ooh, we're burning through this episode. I think it's what it is. I was just so blown away by Zone of Interest. Yeah. I, I, it's There's only so much. I, they probably already spoiled too much out of it for people. <laughs> but um, anyway, all right. Let's talk about uh, Nyad for a few minutes here. Hey, what's that? What? That. They're raccoon eyes. Have you been swimming? Uh, yes, yes, I have. Wow, look at you, swimmer. Okay, wow. What's it been, like 30 years since you put on a pair of goggles? That's right. How'd it feel? Great came right back to me. Great exercise at your age. Low impact, easy on the joints. Yeah, I wanna do it. Do what? Cuba to Florida, my swim. Huh? <laughs> You're hilarious, sir. No, I'm not kidding, Bonnie. I'm going to do it. No, I mean, that's insane. You, you, you tried that when you were 28 and you did not make it when you're 28. You're 60. Yeah. I don't believe in imposed limitations. I don't believe in any limitations. And that's the reason to do it, not the other way around. Man, I, when I hear Annette Benning in this film, all I can hear is Matt Howell's voice. When it comes to sheer determination, sheer strength of will, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think of uh, Matt Howell. Matt, we all know how much you love biopics. Oh, yeah. My favorite. And y- You've just been inundated with them the last few weeks. Well, here's another currently on Netflix. The real true story of Diana Nyad. She was a marathon swimmer, Matt. She tried to sail, sail, swim from uh, Cuba to Florida uh, decades ago in her late 20s, as you heard. Didn't make it. She is now 60, and she's determined to do it again. Or let's try again. Determined to finish 
this time, Matt. Two Oscar nominations, at least for Nyad, uh, Jodie Foster and Annette Bening, both getting nods for their performances. I think that's about right. I think when I talk about <laughs> awards and stuff for this film, I will say, Matt, that the core of this movie and why it works, I think, as well as it does, is Benning and Foster. Mm-hmm. The two of them, I think, put on a master class. They're so comfortable with each other. They're so natural. They're so great together that the film really is electric, I think, when the two of them are together. And I'm not going to say, too, that the, the swim scenes aren't great, too. I think they're really good and done, and it almost reaches kind of thriller levels, mm-hmm. all the dangers and things that she encounters. But, Matt, it didn't really for me. But my question for you, did it, is all of that, hey, do you agree with my assessment of that? And is that enough to rise above your typical sport biopic trappings? No. No, it's not. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> Jodie Foster's, you know, I like Jodie Foster. I think, you know, she's, I like seeing her in things. I was, I'm always interested to see what she's got uh, going on. And I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe getting around to catching this new true detective uh, se- season that has her as one of the leads in it. Annette Benning. usually I can take or leave her. I, I'm not usually you know, super excited mm-hmm. to see Annette Benning, And obviously she's playing a character that's a little hard to kind of at times root for because she's so abrasive, but yeah. ultimately this is fine. And I think this is encapsulated. I read this review or at least a blurb. I don't know if it was on Twitter or letterbox, but basically it said this, this is the mommiest mom film to ever mom. And that is a hundred percent true <laughs> because we talk about dad tainment. Well, this is mom tainment and I, it's okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine for what it is, but I don't love biopics. I not super excited about the subject matter. It's, it's, it's fine. It's fine, but it didn't, you know, I'm never going to be like, Oh, let's watch Nyad because it's great. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I, I was telling uh, Mrs. First Run about she is not a big fan. Uh, well, uh, unless it's like a Hallmark film, mm-hmm. she's not a big movie fan. Unless it involves like women overcoming odds <laughs> type of a thing, right? Or or and musicals, then, right? Christmas musicals? Christmas musicals too. Oh, God. We watched we watched uh, what Spirited, mm-hmm. again, for the for Christmas. She loves that film. Mm-hmm. And the sound. She'll listen to that soundtrack like throughout the year. Interesting. And uh, she'll just, you know, once every few months, all of a sudden she'll start singing it or playing it. But we watched Spirited this year, and I didn't know this. They released a sing-along version of the film. Mm. And I saw it after we watched it, and she was furious with me that I didn't know (laughs) and didn't say. So we could have watched the sing-along version instead. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we already have plans to do that for uh, 2024. I showed the trailer for Nyad, and uh, Nyad, and she was like, Oh, I love this film already. Mm. I have to watch okay. this film. So, yeah. I'm going to be away this weekend. I'm actually going to uh, MegaCon in Orlando. Oh, okay. Because uh, Tony Harris is going to be there. He's my favorite comic artist. And I actually have a page of his. I'm going to have him. Hopefully, he'll sign it. And then uh, uh, Keith David's going to be there, which I'm very happy about. Nice. And my first celebrity crush, Alyssa Milano. So Wow, it's a trifecta you. going on right there. It's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun. And I'm going to go to Disney. I have a question for you about Disney, sure. too. i got to ask you later. Okay. I'm, going, I'm finally going to Galaxy's Edge. Okay. Now about Naya, <laughs> it's. I think it. I think it is it. Uh, it is elevated a bit above your standard biopic of overcoming adversity type fare. It, it is a bit. I did struggle. One thing too, though, is that she is raped by her coach mm-hmm. as a child, and there is one scene that I think is maybe a bit too graphic that I don't know if we needed to have. For her, for her, I think the message comes across uh-huh. without seeing her, like physically being. I don't know. I I know it's. I guess I shouldn't. I just it seemed a bit out of place for the message of the rest of the film. Sure, it's just a little like it's one step too far. I think for me, uh, but I will say the adversity she experiences for me is novel in regards to. I haven't watched a lot of swimming movies. Sure. And the stuff that she encounters in the water and stuff, I think it's it's interesting. It's specific to her quest. But it, I think the does, film does play out like a thriller sometimes as part of that. So, And I love that we see how many attempts it takes or in the grueling nature of this endeavor. 
and that she's um you know i don't i don't want to spoil the ending but it, you know what happens i guess uh, and i will say the conclusion matt it did get me a little emotional did it it did the music swells i was like okay <laughs> all right you know but for me the friendship stuff is just as engaging for me if not more so yeah than the uh, swim itself I get why they're nominated. I think they're fantastic in this. Though I still think Penelope Cruz is robbed. And we'll talk about that as we get closer to the Oscars. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, it's fine. It's fine. It's good. If you, like you say, you want to watch something with the missus. Or you want your mom and your mother-in-law or her mom want to get to watch a movie one night. Thumbs up. No qualms outside of that one part scene. Recommended. You're going to love it. I'm giving Nia a B, Matt. Yeah, did you uh, get into the controversy after... After the fact, when you, did you do any research about the real life Nyad about this? Diana no, I missed this. I was too vi- busy reading up on Zone of Interest because yeah, yeah sorry, well, makes ahead. sense. Fair, fair enough. Uh, yeah, so I guess her her swim is not recognized uh, by as like a because I guess there's questions that they've never really been able to answer, like how I guess there weren't. Like, was she truly unassisted kind of thing? Like, did they like did they fit within those rules to say that it was unassisted? And then I guess there's some, like, gaps in time where it seems like she sped up somehow. Like, there's, like, you know, nine hours unaccounted for that they can't really pinpoint, like, how she managed to move so fast within those nine hours. You know, so I guess there's some controversy around it, whether she actually did it kind of thing. Um, I think... They have, don't they say like she caught a river current at one point? That's what that that's what she says, of... um, and that's what her team says. Uh, but I guess you know, I, I guess the 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 body that you know the two bodies that that work on these things they they that wasn't a satisfactory explanation to them as far as like what it's you know how it worked out. I guess she's even been removed from the Guinness Book of World Records this this feat or whatever. Um, but I think now she's even admitted that I think they said one of the bodies said that it should be recognized as an assisted swim, but, and she kind of acknowledges that they probably should acknowledge it as an assisted swim, but they still haven't done that at this point. Even that, even if unassisted versus assisted, which is, you know, so the observer logs for the swim were incomplete with over nine hours of critical overnight period undocumented. And there were, conflicting accounts from crew members regarding events that transpired during those hours right it's a patriarchy it's what it is (laughs) sure yes that's what it is um it's the florida straits open water swimming association well i wouldn't trust anything any government from florida says as a resident let me tell you it's uh i got i got a certain general in this state telling me that uh the covid vaccine is going to rearrange my my dna Mm -hmm. And that I'm more likely to get COVID now yeah, that I've been vaccinated. Right. Yes. What the heck was that? I have no idea. Did, did you see that? Did that show up over here? I did. We got a thumbs up <laughs> yeah. somehow. We're not streaming to anybody. No one else has access to this. That's We're just recording this via backup. That's really weird. That's creepy right. as hell. That's the guy. It's DeSantis. He's actually... He's yeah, they're watching you. Up. He's he, like, you're right. You shouldn't trust anything. He He's... He's... he's uh, giving you a thumbs up for for parroting even not picking up the sarcasm in your voice the the approved party line <laughs> moron surgeon general yeah, yeah no oh it's Ju- it was it was uh, julie christie by the way oh, okay. and mccabe and mrs miller everybody's screaming at their phones right now sure. julie christie sure i'm sure they were yeah as i had never seen that movie and i didn't know what you're talking about i'm gonna give this movie a b minus just just it couldn't get over my entire bias of biopics in and of itself but it's fine Okay. There's worse ways to spend an I can't. Afternoon. I'm not going to argue with it. Yeah. So, uh, Night is currently playing on Netflix. It's available there. You can watch it with the family, with the kids. <laughs> Again, it's 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 the thrusting mm-hmm. scene. I'm like, we didn't. I didn't need that. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I got it, Naya. I didn't need to see this like 12, 13 year old girl. <laughs> I didn't need to see that. Fair enough. Especially here in Florida, because again, everybody's a uh, groomer or a potential non-groomer mm-hmm. or sure. Some, one, of, one of those. It's horrible. Matt, is that it? That it. Feedback at thefirstrun.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, Nyad. Does it deserve those Oscar noms against some of the competition? Is, is it going to win? I'm going to go no. But uh, again, the two of them together, great. Loved every minute of it. So, uh, all right, Matt, let's start the beginning of the end. 
We're going to talk about our, you said six through 10, which was weird in the opening. It's 10 through six, right? You're counting down, no, not counting up. Fair enough. Fair enough. 10 through six of our favorite, and again, not the best films, because I gave, I know Matt called me out on this a few years ago, where I had a, like, Lady Bird, where I said it was like a basically a perfect film, but it was like my number eight or something like that of the year. <laughs> right. So it's my our favorite films. That way I can cheat. So if I gave something an A, but something else gave it an A minus, and the A minus is higher. Fair enough. Yeah. It's my favorite. Yeah. I mean, as long as you don't call one like a perfect film and it makes your honorable mentions, I think we'll be okay. All right. That sounds good. Here's one that didn't quite make the cut for me. It's probably not even going to be anywhere near Matt's list, and it still bothers me a little bit about that. Hey, Brittany. PJ. I am loving all the holes in your pants. Thanks. You look like a little Dutch boy. Thank you. So, Brit, can I call you Brit? I'd prefer if you just called me my name. Brittany. Um, no, not that. Brittany, are you thinking of running a Ferris wheel at all tonight? I wasn't. I'm going on the Puke and Duke. I need a pull trick. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. I'm going to say something crazy. I think you can eat food, digest it, let it marinate, poop it out. Mm, gross. Maybe this? You want a bite of this? Oh, no. Yeah, this is fucking disgusting. Oh, you want a hot dog? We could go get hot dogs. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, we could get the bun. No the ketchup. Bun. You could get the bun. No. Yes, you could. No. No bun. <clears throat> okay. Um... Isabel, Josie was just saying something similar to me. I don't think so. I think so. It was really good. It was super funny. <clears throat> you're just so, you're skinny too as well. I'm Josie, by the way. Good evening. Yeah, you're skinny. You're a real skinny mini, aren't you? You probably should eat. I'm gonna send you to the hospital how skinny you are. Uh-oh, call the doctor. Skinny girl, I see. That, of course, is a clip from Bottoms, um, the funniest film of 2023 for me, written and directed by uh, Emma Seligman. Rachel Sennett also co-wrote the film with her. And uh, I believe Ayo Edabiri was just on SNL. Mm. So uh, good for her. I love that love that scene, though, where she says hello. That she tips her like non-existent hat when she, <laughs> <laughs> so she does it. And that was like the cleanest clip I could really find to include because it is a very profanity-filled film. Mm-hmm. But I loved Bottoms. I had so much fun with that map. But didn't make the cut. No. Didn't make the cut. So uh, why don't you start us off, Matt? Oh, wait. No, no. I'll go first because I'll then I'll have the ultimate number one when we go next week. Right. right? Yeah. And you got to think gonna... all that, that stuff out, right? You got to bring some uh, some legitimacy yeah. to the show, correct? <laughs> I got to wield my power here. So I'll go first, Matt. And I think my number 10, man, this... This was tough for me. I could swap out and swap in a couple films here, but in the end, I think just for how delicious a film is, is I went I went with May December. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd Haynes, Natalie Portman, Julianne Moore, and uh, just a wonderful, crazy, vile little depiction of the uh, what a fictitious take on the Mary Jill Letourneau story sure. and Hollywood's Hollywood's obsession and the people who watch it with this kind of just trashy kind of drama stuff with two wicked performances by uh, Moore and Portman. And then Charlie Melton, I believe that's his name, right, Melton? Uh, who I think was unfairly maligned, mm-hmm. unfairly missed by the Oscars. A snub, not a rub, not a tug, but a snub <laughs> by the uh, Oscars for Charlie as well as a Best Supporting Actor. So uh, just weird, funny, creepy, unsettling, and captivating all at the same time may december is my 10 yeah that is wild stuff because may december is also my number 10 i know it is a an oscar nominated film and i quite enjoyed it i i think it at times it's a hard sit it is you know got a lot of uh pathos and manipulative people and damaged people and i think it's all extremely well acted i thoroughly enjoyed it so may december is my 10 as well that's a good choice, Matt. That's a good choice. Uh, my number nine, then, is The Return of the Big Dog. Mm. Currently, actually, in the theaters right now, in black and white, if you care to see it. And now one of the most, if not the most highest grossing film from, is it Japan now? Mm. And that is Godzilla Minus One. Mm-hmm. Not This time, we're not dealing with the uh, the impact of the atomic bomb, per se, as like the first Godzilla film, but more the impact to the people. The and the people who 
you know, didn't fight the people, the objectors, or the case may be, all the survivors. Mm-hmm. Now we're focusing on them and what happens when uh, Godzilla comes back. Made on a shoestring budget with special effects that rival most things you're going to see in the MCU in the past five years or so. But uh, it's it's and also the inclusion of the original Godzilla score, which I absolutely loved. But to combine the destruction, the pathos, all of that stuff, and the human story being the most intriguing thing about it, Godzilla minus one is my number nine. All right. <clears throat> Didn't make my list. Honorable mention, but it's uh, still a, a very surprisingly good movie. But the surprise film of the year for me, even more than how much I enjoyed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which I was surprised at how much I enjoyed watching that film, mm-hmm. is my beloved Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. When I am a huge Dungeons & Dragons nerd, I enjoy the game, I enjoy the world, the IP. And I honestly, even after seeing the initial trailers, I did not have high hopes for this. I thought this was going to be just an absolute stinker. So imagine my surprise when it is not only competent, it's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of good little nods to it. It's very funny, very action-packed. I adore this little film. So it's my number nine. Ah, oh, oh, I'm so thankful. I, that's the stinger for this week is from that. I, it's not. It's an honorable mention for me. Sure. But I'm like, I know Matt liked it. Odds are it's in his 10 through 6. So I'm going to gamble, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to see, and I'm going to make it our stinger. So um, well, it that came off. up sevens for me. Yeah. Thank you very much. Or whatever the 32-sided die, whatever it is for Dumb, whatever the good a version 20. would be. A is 20. there a good thing? Yeah, a 20. 20. That's what you want to get. What what number do you want? There's like a high number? Well, yeah. So, yeah. So you basically to see if you're successful, you roll a, a 20-sided die. A 20 is the best. The one's the worst. If you get All a 20, right, so, you automatically succeed. Oh, I rolled the 20. There you go. Look at me. <laughs> my number then, where are we? 10, 9, 8. My number 8 is going to be, listen, you introduced me in an action film, a shotgun with dragon bullets. Mm-hmm. So it shoots fire. Mm-hmm. You're going to end up somewhere on this list. Yeah. So John Wick 4 is going to be my number 8. The potential culmination of the uh, John Wick, specifically john wick franchise i guess right you yeah. never know yeah and we're gonna get the ballerina which he has a part in but i think that takes place between three and four right is that it i think that's what it is yeah but uh john finally is able to take down the high table and just rips rips her through the, the the globe taking people out one by one and uh just keanu and chad Stileski delivering i think going out on a high note with uh, chapter four, all the mayhem, all the violence, all the gun, gun flu, everything you're looking for, and about two and a half hours of just solid entertainment mm-hmm. with a simple, nay, perfect, dare I say, capper. So four is my uh, number eight. All right. My number eight then is a another capper in a long-running series. Now, it's not the, uh, the capper for the MCU, but it is the capper for James Gunn's time in it, and that is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. <clears throat> um, I think, objectively speaking, maybe the strongest series of the MCU of set of films when you kind of take them one by one. I'm still very partial to Spider-Man, but I could acknowledge that this is maybe better as an actual non-comic nerd if you were to watch these but it continues the the traditions of needle drops uh the kind of backstory of racket Mm -hmm. raccoon is very you know touching and tragic and uh great villain and it's just it just puts on it kind of leaves everybody in a perfect place so if we never see these characters again which we will but if we don't I think that everything was wrapped up right where we would want it to be. So that's my number eight. So Matt, I'm going through my list and I realized I wrote the same damn film down twice mm. in my list. Cause that's what smart people do. And so I got to, I got to shift my honorable mention then into my 10 slot and then just slide everything down. So I'm going back and forth in a couple of things. Like I said, in the beginning there, I feel like my eight through 10 are relatively interchangeable for me. And I, now I'm trying to decide which one of these. There's three films I feel like I could be my 10. In the end, when I'm thinking, like what you always say, like what do you want to revisit? What's the film you like the best that you'd watch again and again? And I think, you know, I'm going to go with No One Will Save You. Mm. The uh, alien invasion film uh, is, 
it was just a fe- featuring Caitlin Deaver. It is what well, I think one of the great successes of the film is basically like there's no dialogue yeah. in the film. Right. But it, it's so creepy. It is really unsettling and scary at times. And I love the oddly what down but in a weird way thumbs up happy ending of the film sure. for her right right so i think i'm gonna say no one will save you I, I it's that or it's like american fiction or like the holdovers now i think the holdovers and american fiction are better films mm-hmm. but did I enjoy No One Will Save You more than those three? And I had a more fun watching it? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, so yeah. here's the thing. I'll put it out this way. Um, on your 4K buying binge, you're going to be waiting to see when No One Will Save You will come out on 4K and you will buy it. American Fiction or The Holdovers, you'd get it maybe eventually, but you're not rushing out to get it. I mean, you know, if it gets to like five bucks or something, that's when you pick that up. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Mm-hmm. All right, so that we go. Let me reset then that. 10, Ten is No One Will Save You. 9, May, December. 8, Godzilla. Minus 1. 7 is John Wick, Chapter 4. Okay. So my number 7 then is the maybe hardest sit we've had all year long. But it is the best, I think, horror film that we've seen all year. And that is When Evil Lurks. The... Mm. I hesitate to call it a possession film, but sure, we'll call it a possession zombie film about a world where uh, possession takes over like a sickness and you have to cut it out very quickly and a rural community in South or Central America, I can't remember what country it's in, I believe it's Argentina, they fail to do that and there's dire dire consequences and let me tell you folks the argentines do not shy away from uncomfortable (laughs) events on screen so yeah it's it's a killer but it is a killer horror film absolutely honorable mention for me i still can't get that scene out of my head when that guy drives by that person on the road Mm -hmm. uh i still think about it to this day yeah it is that is a rough one then then, Matt, I guess my number six, before we barrel in next week and wrap things up with our five through one, is going to be Justine Chet's uh, Anatomy of a Fall. Mm. Uh, Sandra Uller, who we just talked about earlier in uh, Zone of Interest, she is a woman in a difficult relationship with her husband. They have a child and a lovely dog. And her husband apparently falls from what the third story window of their house, or maybe he was pushed. And it is a uh, basically a courtroom drama as we go through and we learn more about her, learn more about him and their relationship, and then uh, just some tight, top-flight drama, Matt. If you like a, a courtroom drama, this is a great one, though it's kind of weird because it's not a courtroom that we're you know, typically used to seeing. Sure. It's, it's different because it is a... Uh, it is a... Where is, is it? I can't, no, I'm blanking on where there. It's She's German, uh, but it is a... France. They're in France, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That's right, because she speaks French at all. And I still love that, where she is German in France, and then she has to speak English, because that's the one shared language right. that she has with some of the people, right. and it's just a great little touch. So, uh, just a fantastic performance by Uller in that film, and uh, it has you guessing from beginning to end. It never feeds you a definitive answer. So uh, I love that. I love how open to interpretation it is. And Anatomy of Fall is my six. All right. So my number six then is uh, Keanu's Last Hurrah in John Wick 4. I adore the John Wick films. Each one somehow as good, sometimes better than the last. And like Chris said, the the choreography, the stunts, the, the shootouts, and a flamethrower shotgun i mean what's not to like so honestly perfect capper for one of the great action franchises of this uh past couple decades and i'm a little sad that it's over yeah yeah hopefully the the ballerina will be entertaining mm-hmm. would you want a john wick five i guess they're open to it but the story has to make sense you know I... what honestly i'm amazed they kept it as high quality as they have for as long as they did so they might as well go out on yeah. a high note i mean if they could guarantee that they're still going to be as good which they can't i would want more but i'm fine with the way it is yeah i think we're good you, you know don't be sad it's over 
be happy that it happened. There you right? go. Fantastic. Look at you. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so those are our 10 through 6 after my disaster. You know what it is? Because I was reviewing it all last night, and it was like 11 o'clock at night, mm -hmm. and I was so exhausted so that I uh, I totally screwed that up because I was moving stuff up and down, up and down for the last few days. I'm like, oh, I finally got it. I'm going to bed, and I'm an idiot. <laughs> so there you go. What are your 10 through 6 favorite films? You want to just shoot us your top 10 or your top 5? We'll take them now. We'll read them as part of next week's show. Feedback at thefirstrun.com. Matt, what's coming up on the big show next week? Well, we get back into proper first quarter releases where we check out uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, Henry Cable, Dua Lipa, and uh, Sam Rockwell in the spy comedy Argyle. And then we watch uh, something called Subal Flesh, which Chris, Chris keeps bringing up, but I know absolutely nothing about, so I don't even know what to, how to react to it. It is on Shudder, so you have that to look oh, forward to good. there. And it features uh, Roller Girl herself, Heather Graham. Oh, nice. So nice. The, yeah, it's, man, I don't know. From the twisted mind of, um, now I'm blanking on the guy's name. I just had it. When I wanted to say it for our guy, the director, uh, Matthew Vaughn. Oh, okay. He's not that. It's because he did, I think, Kick-Ass. Yeah. But that wasn't the result of the twisted mind of Matthew Vaughn. It was the twisted mind of what Garth Ennis, right? right? He wrote Kick-Ass. Oh, no, it wasn't. He it wasn't Garth. It was um, Mark Millar. Mark Millar, yeah. And then, But then Kingsman so, was also a... Wasn't that also a, a comic first? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So... So he did do Lair Cake, which I adore. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't think that film's that particularly twisted. But we'll see. I don't know. I feel like this one... It's just going to be a letdown. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll Could find out who the real Agent Argyle is. <laughs> so I bet you it's the cat. It is the cat. Feedback at firstrun.com. Check us out at thefirstrun.com. You can see the report card, Matt. It's basically updated uh, uh, instead of just uh, uh, this week. Everything is up there live. Nice. You can see uh, archives of all the old shows. We've embedded a player. So you can go to the website and just hit play. Now, unfortunately, you can't go to a different page on the website. You're going to have to open with a different tab if you want to move on. But sure. still, hey, we're working on baby it. Baby steps. Baby steps. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Do a search for the first run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually, you'll find us. And I guess, Matt, that will be... Oh, Gavard Apple Podcast. Give us a review. It'll help other people find the show. And that's it. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead, Matt, and take an extended break. We love you all very much. Take care of yourselves. Wish me luck at MegaCon. Take care. Here we go. Were you killed in the Battle of the Everhorse? Yes. Great. I mean, uh, not for you. I'm sorry for your loss. Four more questions, right? Yes. No, 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 that, that wasn't for you. Did that count as a question? Yes. Damn it. Only answer when I talk to you, okay? Yes. Why did you say okay at the end of that? I didn't. Fantastic. Where's the shovel? Thank <laughs> you.